This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim, Pastor Michael, and Pastor Matt is here. Bum, bum, bum. He is also one of the staff pastors at Village <laughs> Church of Bartlett, and we're glad to have him in the studio. Listeners, thanks for all your questions. Our question for today, guys, is does God allow, and I think that's the key of this, does he allow dead people to communicate to us today? I, I think it begs a, a previous question, which is, Matt, what cartoon character did I just sing their anthem. <laughs> I'd have to hear it again. Fra la la. Underdog? I don't know. Captain Underpants. Oh, I don't know Captain <gasps> Underpants. Really? No. Micah, I think it's on Netflix though. I think Micah I saw it. that it's on there. Love it. I think my boys function as Captain Underpants every day. Basically. <laughs> they don't need pants at home. Basically. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> All right. What was the question again, Tim? I the question out. is, it is different <laughs> than we've had a question like this before, but it is actually from the opposite direction. Does God allow people, dead people, to communicate to us today? Which mm. is different than a question we've a- answered before, which is, can we communicate to dead people? I think yeah. we've had that one asked before. This one is the from the opposite side. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna punt the answer to Pastor Matt, but I, I'm gonna punt the answer in a different way. I'm gonna ask you the questions I think that need to be answered in order to answer this question. Okay, sounds good. Oh, no pressure. No pressure. It's gotta be digital helpful and shareable. Keyword right. there helpful. helpful. Mm-hmm. Right. So here we go. Ready? Yeah. Question number one. When Saul summoned Samuel through the witch of Endor. Um, was that a demon, or was that actually dead Samuel being permitted by God, obviously through sinful mediums, um, to come back? Question number one. Okay, so— No, wait, well, question number two. Oh, we're not done. I got a couple. Oh, you got a couple questions. Oh, man. Question number two. You're not going to let him answer one question at a time? And just so well, you know, I'm going to give him a wanna, flow of thought. <laughs> okay. If you want to read the passage, it is recorded in 1 Samuel 28. 28. Yeah. I don't want to read it. So, <laughs> sorry. I'm kidding. I mean, for those who are listening, <laughs> no, I know you, you can did. look it up. And, I know you did. That was, <laughs> I, just, I was playing with you. We're just going to read the whole passage. Yeah. It's the end of the well, podcast. Welcome to the studio. We're going to read go. all of Kings and Chronicles while we're at it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, question number two. Uh, if the answer is yes to question number one, um, did something happen on the cross where th- where people go when they die and how they interact with us changed? Uh, then that would lead me to this question based on those answers. Be- because sure. I, we would agree there's nowhere else in Scripture where an actual dead person comes back in spirit form, bodily form, resurre- uh, yeah. Lazarus, whatever. But um, So anyways. Do you think it was a demon or really Saul? Number one. Number two, did the cross change things? And then we'll answer this question. Yeah. Um, I think when you read the passage, there's nothing in there that indicates that it was a demonic power masquerading as Samuel. So when you read the quote, it starts in verse 16 and it goes through verse 19. It's what Samuel says to Saul. And um, and so it, it seems... Obviously, like a non-normative experience. This isn't something that, like you said, there's no other place that that any of us can think of anywhere in Scripture where this happens. So I do believe, though, based on what you're seeing in the text, that it is the Lord allowing Samuel to speak to Saul, even through the sinful means that that Saul was trying to acquire that. Okay. So I don't I don't disagree. 
everything in me wants to, I, to say something you. else because I don't want to set a precedence. Yeah. So now let's get to let's get to the cross, right? So did something happen? And I've wrestled. I, I don't. I'm, the reason I'm asking is because I legitimately don't have a great crystal clear answer. Yeah. Obviously, the cross disarmed Satan and you know a bunch of other things, but. Like, how did it affect where people go when they die? Um, so, like, there's this uh, passage in the New Testament, and Tim, maybe you could remember it quicker than I could, but where somehow Jesus leads the spirits out of prison. You know what I mean? Like, there's just these okay. interesting things that you're trying – like, there are these um, implications sometimes in the New Testament that something on a cosmic level beyond salvation being open might have happened that shifted maybe – um, where people go when they die or when Jesus rose again from the dead, uh, did they go from like, you know, the, the, um, uh, parable that Jesus uses for, um, Abraham's bosom and, and, you know, just trying to figure out like yeah. where, so yeah. did something shift? So like when, when Samuel died in the old Testament, where did he go? And then when Jesus died and rose again, did he go someplace new? Do we on this side of the cross, um, go someplace different than before the cross had we died? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm putting down? No, I totally hear what you're saying there. I think it's, um, and one of the things that we have to clarify up front is we're going to do our best to interpret the scriptures on this, but also understand that there's, this is, some of this is speculation. There's a lot of, there oh, yeah. are, there are differing perspectives, obviously, <laughs> on what happens because the scriptures aren't completely clear. Like you said, you don't have a crystal clear answer to that. So I just wanted to put that out there right away. What I see in scriptures, um, and you were talking about Ephesians 4, when uh, it talks, yes, it's that passage where a lot of people believe that Christ descended into hell mm -hmm. and released all these spirits. That's that's how some people interpret that passage. Um, but as far as what we see, what I read in the New Testament, you see in First Corinthians fifteen, it talks about the resurrection and um, these things that are going to happen. The dead in Christ will rise first. You see terminology like that. So. Um, you know, I, I believe that's probably where Catholics have formulated the idea of purgatory. Um, I also don't believe that it's an accurate idea, an accurate concept, especially the way that they represent that space as like, you pray for these souls so that they might be accepted into heaven. There's there's no biblical precedence for that. But the idea that um, that there is a waiting for our physical resurrection that, that will happen at the end of the days, right? At, on the day of the Lord, when we will be physically resurrected as we see biblically. So I think our spirits, uh, you see Paul write, um, uh, to be absent from the bodies, to be present with Christ. Is that in Colossians? I think it's Colossians. Maybe Philip. I don't know. Um, it's we're somewhere pastors. in, somewhere in <laughs> one of his epistles. We're just going to let you fly um, on that one. We're not going to say it. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, thanks for the help, guys. We just stared at you like, man, man, why is it? You're on your own, Yeah. Um, anyway, in one of his epistles, Paul writes that to be absent that from is the body true, isn't? is to be present with, present with Christ. That is true. That's Paul. Um, so with, with that being the case, um, I do believe that those who have trusted in Christ, we are spirits. Um, we rejoice with, with the Lord immediately upon our death. So, but, but go back. To, so like, that's yes. When we die, we go there. Um, did something change from old Testament saints to new Testament saints when they die? The reason I'm asking is because apparently whatever the economy of the system was where dead souls were, there was a, there was a loophole. You know, where that could happen. 
No, God obviously has to You don't have Old Testament because Old we got this, Testament. Is yeah. that loophole closed? That's so, what I'm asking. So basically what you're saying is clear. We, we have two examples in scripture that I can think of. The, the witch of Endor and Samuel speaking with Saul. Mm-hmm. And then Jesus's story about the rich man speaking to uh, who is right. dead. Speaking to Lazarus. Speaking to Lazarus. Mm-hmm. And there is some debate on whether is this an actual story? Is this right. is this a you know a, a, a made up story that Jesus had that has some some truth in it, mm-hmm. or is this an actual event? So you're asking, Michael, does that still happen, or did that did that those kind of events get closed at at the time of right. the cross? Yeah. My my two cents is um I my hunch says that. With the cross and the resurrection came just a finality of some of these things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the demonic realm changed our interaction with just everything changed. And um, even the nature of the Holy Spirit. And uh, there's a whole bunch of things sure. that just shifted cataclysmically with the cross and resurrection, the ushering of the old covenant to the new covenant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, It's surmising. I want to just be honest. Sure, right? totally. I'm surmising that that door was closed. So let me, let me just lean into this question a little bit further and see if I can— maybe assume some things on this question. The, the person who's asking it, can the dead people communicate? So uh, we're talking in those examples, there was actual verbal communication. But I've spoken with several people, not only at our church, but other churches where, you know, I just know my, you know, my grandmother, sure. I know my father's watching down on me. And they'll go to a passage such as Hebrews 12, since we're surrounded by such a great crowd of witnesses. Mm, and sure. there, there's the assumption that, you know, the people that are with Christ now are looking down upon us and guiding us. And, you know, I, I had a conversation very recently where someone says, you know, I just know my father was watching over me mm-hmm. because, you know, as soon as I was thinking about him, you know, uh, something happened. You sure. know, uh, it could be, you know, uh, a jar fell, you know, or something Something happened. And that just confirmed that my lost loved one mm. is watching down and communicating to me, hey, we're all okay. Yeah. That's, well, and I, that's really hard because you're talking like, so there's like a simple blunt answer I want to sure. give to like that experience, which is what they're asking. Yeah. And in my brain, I want to go to the theology side first because— yeah. We can say no, but then they're going to say, but my experience, experience you yeah. know, and then I want to say like, well, it's, it's doesn't seem plausible or possible. And then they'll go, well, the witch at Endor. So why can't my dad? Like that's sure. actually a train of thought. Yes. For, because there is something that we really, really want to know that my and mother, most my of grandpa, the people that have, have asked me this question or tell me their stories, they are very sincere. I believe they're, totally. I, believe, sure. I believe they're Christians. Yeah. Most of them that have told me these things are Christians. They have the spirit of God and, and they're saying, Hey, I, I know that they're leading me in the right way. Which, which by the way, is Catholic residue. It is sure. Catholic. And that's that notion of the saints who've gone before us are, are leading us today. Interacting, just, engaging, et cetera. Yeah. We, we do not have any example of that in Scripture. No. And even the Lazarus with the rich man, they're, they're both people in the story that Jesus is telling who have both passed on. Yes. Neither one is, one's on earth because he says, can I go? The rich man asks Jesus, then, well, please then let me go. And warn my family who's still alive. And what, and what did Jesus tell him? Yeah, I, no. No, you can't <laughs> do up, that. You can't. Totally. You and, cannot, a yeah. dead person can't come back to life or can't come back and communicate yep. with the living. And that's why that's why I think something shifted where apparently they could with Saul and Samuel. Yeah. But something has shifted with the new covenant that just strikes me that that door is closed. But even if they could, I think what they tell you is everything. So— 
if the person Lazarus in 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 Luke 16 I believe what is he what is he desperate to say he's desperate to plead with them for eternal realities yes, yes. what are the saints and revelation who are aware of what's happening on earth for sure but they're obsessed with Jesus and and they're asking about bigger things they're they're asking about vindication they're at, they're just such huge topics that whenever we have an, a, a metaphor or a real story of somebody in heaven talking about what they want to say um, they're usually desperate things mm-hmm. because once you see the other side there's a desperation to it you know and so I think for somebody who is like oh you know I talked to my grandma and she's really encouraging etc mm-hmm. real or not I don't think it is because if they were, there would be a pleading with you um, to get your life in order, to give God glory, to take uh, uh, eternal things into matter. Like when you see the weight of the other side, it changes you now. Um, and, and and that's where I think the, the smallness of the kind of conversations that people, quote unquote, have with dead people just reveals to me that that they're actually not. They're at, that, because if they were, which I don't think it's possible anymore, but if they were – the the weight of the conversations would be exponentially bigger. Yeah. yeah. You know? and, I mean, I would say as far as possible or not, ultimately, if God wants to, just like he did it through this witch at Endor, like he allowed for Samuel to do that. He ordained for that to work out in that way. But, but so ordained oh, for that to work. He permitted it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he permitted, that's true. He permitted because that's a non-normative experience, but it's, I would say that in order to get Saul's attention, that was the means by which, it, you know. Yep. Anyway, we don't need to go down that yep. rabbit trail. But um, <laughs> allow ordained permit. No, those, those <laughs> no, are legit. The nuances in the word: yes. one makes God a sinner, and the other makes God a mastermind. You sure, know? sure. But the reality in Scripture, we we see we see that for for humanity, we have one life to live here on earth to make a difference for the Lord or not to make a difference for the Lord. Once our life is finished, our eternity is set. We are either bound for heaven or bound to hell. Our ministry is no longer here on earth. Once we leave this place called earth, we no longer have a ministry back here to earth. Mm -hmm. Our ministry we are either praising the Lord or we're, we're in torment in hell, but we no longer have access to this earth. And that's the thing that, that I've had conversation with with people that are sincere and they're saying, you know, my, my loved one is encouraging me. You know, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I saw, you know, I, I was thinking about the Lord and I looked up and there was a cloud in the sky and it looked like, you know, my, my loved one's favorite thing. And sure. I just know that represented them. And it's like, Nowhere in Scripture is is that even come close to, even even close to sure. being described. And and for me, it's like no. Once you leave this place called Earth, your time here and your ministry here is done. I even think about the reality for us when we when we get to heaven. You know, they're asking Jesus; they're trying to trick him, but about marriage in heaven, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I've had discussions with Amanda about this at various times. You know, the idea that when we get to heaven, we are collectively the bride of Christ. I don't think we're going to be concerned about these things. Like, uh, to an extent, we will. We see in Revelation that they're looking down. When will you avenge our blood? That kind of thing. How long, Lord, will you allow this to happen? But but I think that our relationship, we're going to be so enamored with being in the presence of Christ. And I think people try to personalize you know, and I understand that's human nature. We yearn to be with these people. We yearn to see them again, but they, they, like you said, they see it in the clouds. And you know what? Maybe that's a comfort to see something in the clouds and think, oh man, it just makes you think, you know, of, of uh, like a nostalgic but here, but experience here's with the your flip parents. side of this. Yeah. Okay. So we know that 
the ministry of angels and demons here is on earth. Mm -hmm. And so I've always warned people, okay, so if you felt that your loved one was communicating and you looked into the sky and what if you saw something different? Right. Would you, you know, how would you respond there? Right. So be careful about leaning into this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I was going to say like, for nostalgic's sake, to remember fondly, oh, I have fond memories of my mom or my grandma when this experience happened mm-hmm. or something. But to think that that's them communicating with us, I'd I'd be given the same warning that you were saying right there. Yeah. Look out, because this is an angelic realm and a demonic realm. And I think like the witch of Endor, the woman of Endor or whatever, I think mm. she was talking to demons. And yeah. people thought they were communicating with their loved ones, but they're really talking to demons. And I think that's a pretty... yeah. That's uh, not just a pretty, that's a terrifying place to be. If you think you're talking to your loved ones who passed on and it's actually demons communicating with you and manipulating right. you and deceiving you. So let me be a, a mediatory voice. I am a 57-year-old woman and my grandma who... Naturally. I mean, feels right. <laughs> <laughs> my, my grandma, whom I loved, talks to me regularly. And I hear you and I think... Who are you to tell me it's yeah. not my grandma? And yeah. then, and by the way, I'm not rebuking. I'm, I'm just putting, like, I'm, I'm playing the different scenario. Sure. Then I hear your energy. And I'm like, why are they so energetic about it? And so, let me, like, here's where your energy is coming from. Because, and, and this is the train of questions I wanted to start with. Is it even possible? Because if it's possible, then it might be true. But then again, the scope of your conversation is going to be different. But if it's not possible, and it doesn't seem to be possible anymore from my perspective, um, then if there is someone or something communicating with you, it's A, not an angel, and then B, it's not your relative or the person who's communicating with you. And if that's the case, as much comfort as it brings you, like it's actually something a bit more sinister. Mm -hmm. So the energy around it uh, is not because... The people who do this are dumb. The energy around it is because when I see my child being threatened, I don't go, hey, you're in the middle of the road. It's protection. Yeah. You're in the middle of the road and there's a semi coming and it's about 30 feet away from you. Can you, would you consider, you know what I mean? Like you take different energy tones, you know what I mean? And like, and so I'm sitting here and I'm like, I am appreciating your energy. And at the same time, I'm, I'm wondering if I'm the person doing this or experiencing this, I'm offended by the energy. Sure, and I, but there's no re- like I want to I want to be a voice in there that says no. There, the energy you're bringing to the table in this discussion is appropriate, given the weight and reality. If your scenarios are happening, of what that probably is, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's where like that that heart of protection comes in, and and uh, and it, it's a. Let's just put it this way. Demons are very smart uh, oh, yeah. and they're able and to they deceive. And they can take on the re- resemblance of the angel of light. Yep. And we oh, just yeah. don't, we don't want any human being ever to have an, to have an experience where they could be manipulated by any kind of demonic force. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, I would love to have conversations with dead relatives. I would love it. It would be a huge encouragement if I could hear them pick their brain, et cetera. But, yeah, it would be great. But, but what God is always pushing us to is is to talk to Him yes. Yes. through faith Absolutely. in Jesus, and this is where again Roman Catholicism I think has really done a disservice to our reliance upon Christ by permitting all of these prayers to Mary and angels and saints or whatever you know like or mostly saints and whatever dead people um, because it's just every time we do that 
we have less reliance on Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, as I say that, like there are so many concerns for this and I'm, I'm wavering back and forth from like the energy I feel like as you guys get amped up, I'm like, I'm amped up, you know? And yeah. then I'm like, ah, oh, but you know, when we talk to people and they're hurt, again, you know, it's, and then, it's the, you, you, I think you were right on spot, spot on that the energy is for protection because yeah. if you're encouraged by something that you think is happening good, what happens when something bad Mm-hmm. You perceive something bad happening, and your if your loved one who's passed is now encouraging you through bad things, mm-hmm. and what you saw in the sky was you know their greatest fear, yep. which is what I would do, do to you if I was a manipulative demon. I would I'd, I'd lure you in with good stuff, good and then stuff I would eventually, eventually and then, woo you to the yeah. not great stuff. So I think we beat this question to death. Did anybody feel that way? Uh, you want to keep talking yeah. about? It? No. no, no, I, I don't know we, that there's. <laughs> I, I just don't see it possible. Yeah. Yep. All right, our Dana producer is saying, question's over, guys. Let's go to the next one. <laughs> you killed it. You well, killed it. Well, listeners, thanks for joining us. Please come back next time when we answer another one of your questions, which is, can someone overcome addiction even if they're not saved?